Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media. Welcome to another edition of Inside the Game, brought to you by Raider Media. Now, of course, when it comes to the Dakar Rally, we have a special edition of Inside the Game. You can pretty much call it Inside the Dakar Rally, where we travel with the Toyota Gazoo Racing Team throughout the adventures, uh, which used to be over in South America, but uh, since uh, has moved on to Saudi Arabia, and that will uh, take to the desert in uh, early January 2020. However... Big news to emanate uh, from Namibia, of all places, over uh, the last couple of days, was the confirmation that uh, Fernando Alonso, two-time F1 world champion, will be joining Toyota Gazoo Racing in his quest and the team's quest to take on Dakar 2020. Of course, the team goes uh, into the world's toughest race as the defending champions in the car category, following uh, Nassau Latia's phenomenal victory earlier this year, at the beginning of the year, actually. And uh, they also have uh, Janil de Villiers in their ranks, who's a former winner himself, having won back in 2009. And uh, that was the very first year that it took place in South America. So an all-star cast lined up for Toyota Gazoo Racing. And uh, while Fernando Alonso may not have the racing pedigree when it comes to uh, this type of racing, of course, he's done all of it and more uh, when you go across uh, over to the world of world endurance, Formula One, uh, to name but a few. Now, I'm joined uh, by the usual suspects, my favorite traveling crew. They were with me over in Namibia. We hope to actually complete this podcast in Namibia, but uh, unfortunately, due to... uh, very, very late flight changes. Uh, we couldn't make it happen. So, in fact, uh, we've got to do it uh, in the comforts of our own homes. I'm in Joburg, Voldu van der Waals uh, in Joburg as well. And uh, across the Burevors curtain, we've got Hannes Fisser. Uh, good afternoon, gents. Uh, Voldu, first and foremost, yet yeah, exciting time for Toyota Gazoo Racing. It's the most exciting of times. I mean, the, the team really has grown so quickly. It's grown up and it's going places. You know, you you win one little Dakar and, and just look at what happened next. I mean, where, where are we heading with all of this? It's amazing time with the team at the moment. Yeah, I mean, Valdi, you're involved with the team. You've been involved with the team for many, many years. Uh, of course, we travel together as as journalists. But on top of that, uh, yeah, you, you wear many, many hats, one of which being... I'd say communications director. So you've been privy to this information for, for months and you've had to keep it quiet for a very, very long time despite uh, people nipping at your heels to try and get any little bit of info that they could. But uh, kudos to yourself. You remain very tight-lipped. <laughs> I did, but you know the easiest way to remain tight-lipped is to forget about it yourself. Um, if you don't think about it, then you know it's, it's fine. It just goes away. Until, of course, someone asks you about it, and you can't help but think about it. But anyway, we managed to keep it under a hat for um, almost exactly long enough, and, um, and now obviously the news is out. Yeah, that certainly is the case, and we were very impressed, Hannes, looking at Fernando over in Namibia. Now, he did have initial testing with the team a couple of months ago over in Khurupan. I wasn't there, but you were. Uh, was there a massively marked improvement between his performances in Khurupan to what we saw over near Valfus Bay? Um, Derek, I think, uh, firstly, they were two very different tests. The one back in April or March or whenever it was, you know, was his first taste of gravel um, as a whole. You know, he's never raced anything with his ass further off the ground than, say, two or three centimeters or so. So that was just to get used to to, to, to gravel and dirt. Um, 
And he learned very quickly. You could see with every outing that he got faster and faster. So this test in, in Namibia was completely different because this was his first taste of, of dunes. And as you know, the dunes uh, south of Walters Bay are really, really big. And I think he was a bit, um, he was a little bit worried when he saw them for, for the first time. But, you know, he's a quick learner. And, and, and every attempt that he, or every run, he went quicker and quicker. And you could see the improvements uh, with every run. So I think they were two very different things. But obviously, you know, he's a true motor sportsman. So he will get quicker every time he gets in the car. There's nothing like seat time when you're a racing driver. The great thing, Volder, about seeing how much he improved over the course of a couple of days over in Namibia was that it put paid to the statements from a lot of people saying that this is a publicity stunt. He's just using it to, to obviously continue his racing name and uh, Toyota Gazoo Racing doing something uh, to get an extra mileage uh, out of their performance. That's not the case whatsoever. I mean, he's really going there to compete. Yeah, look, he's a little man, but I think he'll give you a pretty hard slap if you say this is just a publicity stunt to him. Because to him, you can see it in his eyes, like Hannes said, and you can see it in his whole approach to this whole endeavor. He's taking it extremely seriously. And um, and his dedication to the test program and to improving and so on was remarkable. So, yeah, no, he's definitely putting in the hours and he's got his eye on a, on a very clear goal. So, confirmation of teams so far. We've got Janil returning. We've got Nassar Latia returning to defend his crown. We've got Fernando Alonso, who's confirmed. Um, any ideas as to co-drivers as yet? Uh, I know I have a sneaking suspicion that uh, who it could be, but of course we can't quite release, release that info just yet. Yeah, it's back to that um, keeping things under a hat, you know. Don't, don't remind me. But, of course, we, we know the inside line here, but... Um, but the, the, the official uh, announcements haven't been made yet. And like it, like it is with many sports people, there's contracts at play and stuff like that. So, yeah, at the moment, it can't be divulged just yet. But, but, but rest assured that um, the guys are catered for it to be very, very interesting. Uh, no question, though, that uh, NASA will be driving alongside Matthew Bommel, who's been his long and faithful compatriot <laughs> over the last couple of years. Absolutely, yeah. The, those two are inseparable and they've been uh, setting the world alight. So um, absolutely not giving up that seat for anyone. I say compatriot, of course, that's not the case at all. I mean companion. Compatriot's not the case. Uh, Nassar Latour <laughs> emanating from Qatar and Mathieu Beaumel, a very likable and very talented Frenchman. Hannah, uh, Saudi Arabia. Uh, we've been speaking about it quite a lot over the last couple of days, given that we will be spending a lot of time there uh, in the coming months. And uh, speaking of Janil, he, he said that he expected a very different terrain than what he encountered earlier this year. He went over to Saudi Arabia for the launch, and I, I think a lot of us expected it to be dunes, dunes, and more dunes. But, um, yeah, from first impressions, that's certainly not the case. No, Derek, I mean, coming from Peru, where it was just 100% dunes all the time, I think this is going to be very different. Um, I was fortunate to meet one of the uh, ASO uh, people, a guy by the name of Charles Capers, who is the competitor's uh, relations and, and, and uh, the, the, the competitor's officer for the ASO. And he was in Botswana for the desert race earlier in this year. And um, he showed us videos of what they have already uh, Ricky down in Saudi Arabia. And it looks absolutely amazing. And from what we've heard, uh, there's going to be three or four days that will be hard dunes from the morning till the evening. But for the rest of it, it's canyons and river crossings, obviously dry rivers and so on, and, and, and other hard terrain. And uh, the scenery from the videos and stuff that we've seen, it looks spectacular, to be honest. Voldo, much being made about, uh, let's say, Saudi Arabia's uh, law policies are a little bit more conservative than most. Of course, only recently letting females get behind the wheel. Um, do you think that will have a, a big impact on, on Dakar 2020? 
Oh, it's so difficult to say with these things. Um, it, from from what we've seen and read in the press lately, there's been quite a lot of of, um, of changes in the country, and and I don't think that it'll have a, a big impact on the race at all. Uh, on the contrary, I think there's so many females racing in the race these days, either in the cars, but especially on the bikes and quads, that if anything, it could have a very possible, uh, very positive uh, impact on the country uh, by bringing the race there. Okay, well, uh, let's go back to Fernando Alonso. Of course, he is the headline maker. A lot of people can't wait to see him in action. They can't wait to, to see him in Toyota Gazoo racing colors, getting behind the wheel of uh, Toyota Hilux. Uh, very uncharted territory for the Spaniard, but uh, it will be his home for, for the next couple of months as he preps himself for Dakar 2020. Well, I did manage to catch up with him uh, over in Namibia, Namibia during testing. Fernando Alonso, welcome on board to Toyota Gazoo Racing. Uh, I mean, you've been here for a little while now. And what's it been like uh, out here at Valfus Bay? Yeah, it has been um, uh, quite an experience. Obviously, it's the first time for me on the on the big dunes uh, or small dunes because I've never been in the dunes. But uh, yeah, together with the team, I think uh, we did a couple of steps forward. Uh, for me, it was quite shocking the first time. Uh, obviously, the dunes, they require some... Uh, technique that I, I don't have at all so we we were into trouble sometimes because of uh, uh, my decisions or my mistakes and uh, you know slowly you get uh, you build the confidence you start improving and uh, yeah we are getting a little bit more comfortable now and, and hopefully it's more to come uh, in the near future yeah from a personal point of view I, I can see it immediately I mean from the first couple of days I think you're a bit wary of the dunes obviously it's new terrain for you um, Jeez, within a day, uh, you looked almost like an expert out there. No, not at all. I don't think so that uh, I, I look an, uh, as an expert, but uh, definitely you you start reading a little bit the dunes. You start uh, getting more confidence to go over the crest of the dune and, and, uh, and cross to the next valley. So, you know, there, there are a couple of uh, very initial steps that uh, I had to, to, win, to, to go through that uh, they were a little bit scared at the beginning, but uh, I think right now, especially also with time in the car, uh, you get better and better. So, yeah, it's a wonderful team, you know. We have a nice coffee coming in now, and uh, <laughs> yeah, that's uh, the spirit that we all love here. Yeah, it, it certainly is a great vibe. I mean, I, I've been involved with the team for a couple of years now, so I mean, I speak from experience, but I mean, you coming in, uh, is it felt like family? I know it's a cliche that's used a lot, but how has it felt? Yeah, feeling is great. I think the the team, uh, Glean, everyone that uh, is is working here, try to um, make some priorities. You know, and uh, priority number one is to have fun, uh, to enjoy ourselves. You know, uh, testing, racing, whatever. And uh, I felt that you know from from day one when I visit the shop and uh, in uh, in Johannesburg. So um, I think in this kind of rallies and this kind of uh, you know big days because you you start very early and uh, you finish late and, and the guys they are working flat out all, all the day long so uh you need to have this kind of spirit you know in in this adventure uh kind of rally we've just completed a very long tv interview so apologies if i'm repeating some of the questions but uh, one of the things we spoke about in the world of formula one you've got two titles to your name uh, which is a massive achievement in itself but having spoken to a lot of people in Formula One, when it comes to the best that there's ever been, your name's often amongst the front runners. Uh, that must feel pretty special. 
Yeah, it feels good, definitely. I, I feel respected and I feel uh, that a lot of people uh, uh, consider uh, my, my job in Formula One uh, quite, quite in a good way and uh, I try always to compete, never giving up on, on anything, on the championships. Uh, we won two, we fought for another uh, four or five, so um, you know we try always to extract the maximum from that package every single season. So I think the people uh, probably like that, that kind of racing and that kind of spirit. And now we've gone from the world of Formula One. You're a world endurance champion. Uh, you name it, you've done it when it comes to four wheels now, except for Dakar. Yeah, <laughs> Dakar zero experience and zero racing and uh, zero background uh, on on um, on nothing that is uh, not asphalt. So uh, yeah, hopefully we see can some kind of asphalt in uh, Saudi Arabia and uh, we try to <laughs> to get some uh, some time back there, but. Uh, uh, no, I'm, I'm obviously looking for uh, some new adventure and uh, what, uh, what else better than Dakar, you know, the hardest and the most difficult really uh, in the calendar. So it's a big task, but uh, we, uh, we go step by step. I think uh, the adventure is the first uh, priority for us and, and try to finish the race and try to experience one time in, in my life the Dakar rally. Uh, but at the same time, we are very competitive and uh, I'm sure we will try to look the times every day and uh, try to recover some positions if we can. What do you make of the Hilux? I think the car is great. Uh, obviously, it's a car that is, is proven to be one of the best in the, in the series and uh, um, with, with Glean and all the, the guys here, uh, they know exactly what, what uh, to ask from the car. And uh, it's a constant um, improvement also on the car, even if the car won the last Dakar rally, uh, they keep testing in this, in this occasion new dampers and uh, new things all the time and uh, making the car more robust. Um, and yeah, it's, it's a great car to drive in this kind of terrains. And uh, you know, even if I'm not taking the 100% of the car yet, I feel that the car is, is great. I was sitting around with the locals yesterday and they came and I asked Glenn, uh, will you guys be back here in a couple of months' time for testing? And he said, only if, if Fernando needs it. Last night I was chatting to Janil and I said, do you think you'll be back here? He said, no, based on what I've seen over the last two days, Fernando's got it. He'll beat many, many competitors over in Saudi Arabia. Uh, you must be pretty confident or happy to hear that news. <laughs> I'm happy to hear that. Janil didn't <laughs> tell me that, so I'm happy to, to, to know from you. But uh, uh, no, I think it's still a long way to go. I'm, I'm definitely not, not comfortable as, as uh, is, it is normal. But, uh, uh, and, and I think I have to experience more, uh, more different terrains. You know, I did a couple of tests in, uh, in Johannesburg in March, and now it's only dunes here in, in Namibia. But there are many new things that I need to discover uh, and many new days for me. So more testing you do, more things you do, more kilometers you do in the car, better you will feel. So hopefully we come back here or in other place and we can be testing. Well, it's great to have you on board. Fernando, thanks so much and we'll Thank see you, you in Saudi Arabia. See you soon. Thank you. So great to hear from the man himself. And Voldu, as you said, uh, there, there are very few people I've ever encountered in life who are as driven as this man. I mean, not the tallest of fellows, but, uh, geez, he's a giant when it comes to the sport. He absolutely is. You know, Hannes and I were chatting about it the other day that he might have won only, and I say only in um, uh, little air quotes, only won two world championships as a, as a Formula One driver, but he was runner-up on four other occasions. So, you know, he's a, he's a tenacious, tenacious competitor. And I think that we need to be realistic about what he can achieve in, in Dakar. Um, I don't think he's going there to win the race. 
but certainly in his head, he's going there to be as competitive as possible. Hannes, just to highlight his Formula One exploits, and uh, Valdi mentioned it, I, I mentioned it during the interview with Fernando. I mean, he really was incredible uh, behind the wheel. And, and again, Valdi's saying, in inverted commas, only two world championship titles. But if you ask, I mean, if you compare him to the likes of the, the, the multiple title winners, uh, the, the Lewis Hamiltons, Alain Prosts, the um, Edden Senners, etc., um, people regard him in the same light. Uh, and I've heard drivers mention it through and through that when you talk about some of the best that there's ever been, he's certainly up there with them. No, absolutely. I think the drivers all know under themselves, you know, they, they know who's in the zoo. And Fernando is definitely right, right up there. I mean, I think he's unlucky uh, to not have won more championships. As he said to us, he was in contention for four or five other championships. And, and I think three or four went down right to the wire. So, it could have, and I know it's dangerous to say could have and would have in motorsport because that's not hard work, but he was really, really close to winning five or six championships, which uh, would put him right up there with, with the Hamilton at the moment. You know, So I think the drivers know he's one of the best. They respect him, and um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think he also knows him. That's why he wants to, to, to achieve more because I think he feels maybe that he's, uh, <clears throat> the stats doesn't really tell the true story. And obviously at 38 years old, he's not going to add any more Formula 1 championships to his name. So that's why he's looking for different challenges to uh, to eventually go down to the history books as somebody that has achieved a lot more in motorsport than many of the other drivers. And I think that's one of the reasons why he's uh, in this position and wanting to take on the Dakar. Talk us through some of his other achievements when it comes to motor racing, looking past uh, the Formula One exploits. Well, there's the famous triple crown of motorsport. So um, there's two ways of looking at the triple crown. Some people say that it is winning a Monaco Grand Prix and winning uh, the Le Mans 24-hour, and winning uh, the Indy, Indy 500. Others see it as winning a Formula 1 World Championship, then Le Mans and the Indy 500. So Fernando has won Monaco on numerous occasions. I think he's won three or four times. He's won two Formula 1 World Championships. So when it comes to Formula 1, he's got that covered. He's won the Le Mans in 2019 as well as 2018, the Le Mans 24-hour. So he's done that. Last year, he led the Indy 500. He led, I think, for 37 or whatever laps. So, I mean, he's really, clearly competitive. And I think it's just a matter of making sure that he gets into the right car of the right team before he adds the Indy. And if he does that, I think he'll only become the third person in history to, uh, to do the Triple Crown. Now imagine, just imagine, three, four years from now, he can add a Dakar to that. I mean, that would really put him right up there. It's not, you know, he'll go down in history as the greatest driver of all time if he can do that. Well, one man who has uh, a Dakar title to his name is Janil de Villiers, uh, claiming it way back in 2009, uh, the very first year that uh, Dakar moved over to South America. So sadly for him, uh, it's leaving the continent uh, where he claimed his first and so far only title. Uh, question being, can he make it number two over in Saudi Arabia? Well, another man I managed to sit down with over near Valfus Bay. Janil de Villiers, we are back here uh, on the cusp of uh, another Dakar. Yes, absolutely. Uh, yeah, you know, I always say when the Tour de France is finished, the Dakar is upon us. So uh, it's certainly the case. And uh, we are back here in uh, Namibia testing, uh, obviously with an with a eye on the Dakar and, uh, you know, yeah, trying to make some small improvements to the car. Uh, 
you know, there's always some things that you want to want to do better and want to improve. So uh, yeah, that's why we're here. We've obviously got the nice dunes here of the the Namib Desert, and um, yeah, it's a it's a great place to test and uh, try and uh, refine the car for 2020. How's uh, the testing been going? No, so far so good. You know, we've been here a couple of days and. Um, as I said, you know, we, we're trying to improve on, you know, all areas of the car, um, small small bits. And at the end of the day, you know, if they, you put them together, that makes it um, better and easier. So, uh, so far, so good. Of course, there's a, a, lot, of, a lot of interest uh, from outside the Dakar world, suddenly. And uh, we've got a man who's, who's currently sitting here to your left. And uh, Fernando Alonso, great to have him on board. Yeah, sure. I mean, uh, I think he's been having a great time here. In Namibia, you know, obviously gaining a bit more experience in uh, this kind of terrain. Um, you know, that's that's all he needs to do, uh, just to uh, spend some time in the car in this in this type of terrain. It's uh, it's all new to him, so uh, you know, so far, I think he's do, he's doing a, a great job, and um, yeah, it's it's you know, it's always it's nice to have new new faces in the in the race, and you know, especially a guy like him uh, coming from. F1 and, and, and all the stuff he's done is, uh, you know, it's great for the Dakar to have somebody like him uh, uh, driving and, uh, you know, more so in our team. Uh, have you been impressed with his improvement over the last couple of days? Of course, uh, his racing background doesn't really uh, lend itself to Rally Raid, yet uh, a man of his pedigree when it comes to being an out-and-out motor racer, uh, it's not too hard to believe that uh, he's settled in quite nicely. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, uh, you know, like I said before, also, you know, you can't teach him how to drive. He knows very well how to drive, uh, but he's uh, he's just got to get used to this environment, and he's doing that pretty well. You know, he's going about it in the right way, and uh, um, you know, he's 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 doing pretty well. So uh, he's learning quickly, and um, you know, I think uh, come the Dakar, he'll be uh, quite well prepared for the race. You know, he's going. He's got to obviously have a couple of races to do before then, uh, but no, I think um, you know he's got a good feeling, uh, and that's important. And um, you know, from there it can only get better. From a personal point of view, uh, moving to Saudi Arabia now is it uh, somewhat sad to be leaving South America, given the fact that uh, you competed there for for most of your Dakar career, and also uh, was the home of your your first victory, and it was the first ever race in South America. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we'll always have good memories of South America. Um, you know, the, I'll, I'll definitely remember the enthusiasm of the people there. You know, we had four or five million people following the race, so the, the atmosphere in the towns was incredible. And uh, that was something we weren't used to in the African Dakar, and it's, it was uh, was great to see there. Uh, but, you know, having said that now, moving to a new country, um, you know, that's all in the spirit of the Dakar. It's about exploring new places and, uh, you know, discovering new places. And... Uh, we're going to go to uh, to Saudi now, explore a country that nobody's ever been to, um, which is going to be interesting in itself. So uh, we're all looking forward to that. And um, yeah, no, it's, it's going to be a very uh, interesting experience come uh, January 2020. You were in Saudi a, a couple of months ago, not racing, but uh, you did go visit the place. Yeah, we visited there. We were there at the launch of the, of the event. And uh, from what I saw, I, it, it looked, um, you know, like it's going to be... A, uh, they certainly got the terrain for the Dakar, uh, you know, lots of varied terrain. Um, you always think of Saudi just as sand, but it's, it's not the case. You know, they've got lots of mountains and, and beautiful uh, scenery. So I think it's um, it, it certainly looks like a very good country for a race like the Dakar. And I think it's going to be a little bit more like uh, the South Africa or like the African Dakar uh, back then. So, uh, yeah, it's certainly going to be interesting.
And uh, let's talk about 2019, uh, this year's Dakar. Uh, great for the team, heartbreak for you. Uh, third stage, uh, coming unstuck when, at, uh, at that time, you, you were leading the race overall. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, unfortunately, the way it goes in the Dakar, you... Uh, you can be unlucky and, uh, you know, you can, you know, have a bad day. And unfortunately, our bad day cost us four, four and a half hours, which put us out of the running. Uh, we still managed to finish in the top ten, but, um, you know, obviously you want to compete for the first couple of places. Uh, you know, luckily NASA won the race for the team, which was great for the team, the first win, uh, after we've been trying for, for, for a few years now. Um, so that was great, but um, unfortunate for us, but, you know, Hopefully we can try again in 2020 and hopefully uh, we we have luck on our side a bit more and uh, we can get a good result. Lovely. I'll see you over in Saudi Arabia. Cool, man. See you there. Great to hear from uh, Janil de Villiers, a veteran when it comes to Dakar, but uh, certainly uh, not an old man uh, by any respects, Voldu. I mean, he, he seems... And I, I hate to use the, the terminology, it really is a cliche, but especially given the fact that his, his wife works in the wine industry. But yeah, Hilly seems to be getting better and better with age. I mean, he, he looks better, he looks fitter, and, and he's getting very quick. I, I think maybe it's the, the presence of the likes of Fernando being around where he, he really puts his uh, pedal to the metal. Yeah, I think um, just just one thing before you before we did the interview, before we listened to the interview, you said that um, leaving the continent where he last won. Well, Remember that the, the, he won the race when the first time that it was held in South America. So maybe a move to Saudi Arabia could bode well for him. You know, he does well on a new continent. Um, but, but you're absolutely right. You know, Janil has, has certainly matured very well with age um, as a racing driver. He, he's one of the guys that has the ability to play the long game championships-wise, and that certainly plays into his hands on the Dakar as well. And then at the same time, you've got people uh, in, on the local series. It was Leroy Polter initially, and... And now his young teammate, Henk Lautichan, um, NASA, very, very fast guys who keep pushing him to go just that little bit faster. So as, as much as he is a, a guy that does the, the long endurance type event, he is being pushed from all angles to actually up his pace. And I think it's good for him. It, it is really bringing the best of Janil to the, to the fore. And I wouldn't be surprised um, come in January 2020 if his name is right up there, very much in contention yet again. Yeah, Henk Lattica, a, a name you mentioned, doing very well on the local series. Uh, so well, in fact, that, uh, Hannes, it looks as if it's pretty much impossible now for Janil and co-driver Dennis Murphy to, to claim the title. Yeah, unfortunately, Janil had two bad events where he hit uh, rock on both occasions and, and, and damaged the suspension. So he didn't score the points that he should have. Uh, but again, yeah, should have, you know, <laughs> at motorsport. So Henk did score those points, and Henk is very, very quick. And I think um, it's just a matter of time before he will be crowned as his champion. But yeah, I think Janelle is fine with that. He's won many championships in his life. I think he's got he's got his eyes on the Dakar going forward. And I'll tell you another thing, just to add on top of what we were saying now. People say that Janelle, um, you know, speed is one thing, but experience is another. And we saw it in Valtteri's way. The amount of experience that he's got makes up for so much speed that, that he might lack compared to guys, say, like Nasser or so. But you could tell in the dunes when he shared his experience with Fernando, um, how well that went down and how, how much Fernando appreciated Janil showing in the ropes and, and how to tackle the dunes. And, you know, that just puts it into perspective once again that, that uh, Janil is really, really one of the top, top racing drivers. Yeah, he really is. And, you know, I mean, just to underline how tough those dunes are, I mean, uh, of course, they're going to 
experience extremely tough teams over in Saudi Arabia as well, hence why they, they took on the challenge over in Namibia. But our very own Hannes Fisser got us stuck in the dunes a, a couple of times. So, I mean, Voldy, that's never happened in the past. <laughs> this is where this interview ends. <laughs> I know better than to talk about that. What happens in Namibia on a dune stays in Namibia on a dune. I will not. I will not mention any navigators' names or, 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 or the lack of dislock or anything like that. But other than that, I'll, I'll take it on the chin. <laughs> yeah, we, we can just say that those dunes over in Namibia are highly, highly torturous. And uh, if you can conquer those ones, you can conquer anything. So there's no better place to get the Saudi Arabia preparations underway than uh, in the southern African country and, and South Africa's neighbour, of course. Um, uh, talk us through the, the Hilux, Voldu. What can we expect for 2020? Well, the base car is staying unchanged, as it should. It won the race, and, and the rules have, have not changed, so there's no reason to change the car itself. But the team is always, always um, refining things, working on damper settings and so on. Uh, I once uh, asked uh, team principal Glenn Hall, when do you stop uh, um, actually trying to improve the car for the race? And he looked at me like I was drunk, and he just <laughs> said, well, when the shot goes, of course. So the team will keep pushing until the very last moment to make the car as good as they possibly can. Um, at this stage, it's incremental changes rather than big um, evolutions. One man, Hannes, who was present at the testing, well, one of quite a few people that were, were present at the testing, was uh, Gerard Reiger from the Netherlands, and uh, a man who is synonymous with motor racing, synonymous when it comes to dampers or uh, shock absorbers for, for those less in the know. Um, the more I spoke to people after having a chat with uh, Gerard, the, the more it became abundantly clear that these are, you could consider, the most critical piece of equipment when it comes to, to the vehicle over in Dakar. Absolutely, Derek. You can have all the power in the world. If you can't get the power down on the ground, then it means absolutely nothing. And Dakar, as you know, is rough, and it's a combination of, of, of really bad roads, rocks, uh, the dunes, obviously. You need to find uh, dampers or shocks that work in all these conditions. So uh, that's Part of the testing, part of what they did in Namibia, not only to get Fernando to get used to the car, but also to test different damper settings. And every time they go out, they make notes of exactly what the settings were and what the results were. And that's also where Janil's experience comes in. I mean, Janil is very good in giving feedback and helping develop those dampers. So when they eventually go to Dakar, they will uh, look at certain uh, conditions and they will know exactly what to put in the car. What's next on the cards, Voldu? Uh, it's not straight into Saudi Arabia at the beginning of 2020. There's a, a few more challenges along the way, first and foremost. Yeah, absolutely. So, so Fernando's schedule isn't really a testing schedule so much as a training schedule. For him, it's all about sea time, like Hannah said. It's spending as much time in the highlights as possible. And as such, he's um, going to take part in one of our local races here yeah, in Luxembourg. It was going to be in Harry Smith, but it's had to be moved due to fire um, danger. Um, uh, from the farmers over there. So he'll be racing in Luxembourg in a non-competitive capacity. So it really is just to feel the adrenaline, to be part of an event, to work with different terrain types and that sort of thing. And then from there, the, the team will move internationally into a couple of uh, races and tests uh, in Europe um, before actually wrapping things up for the year and packing and setting sail for Saudi. Tell us a bit more about the Luxembourg event. I, I can imagine it. It'll be a popular one this year. Well, I'm sure it'll be popular for, for many reasons, if, if none other than, uh, than uh, Fernando Alonso. Um, by then, we'll obviously also know who his navigator is. So it might be a bit of a double bill for people who make the drive out from Kateng to, to Luxembourg. 
Oh, it's exciting times. And I can confirm that it is indeed a big name. Uh, I mean, you are talking about the defending champions in the car category at Dakar. So it's by no means a fly-by-night, uh, the man he'll be driving alongside. So, yeah, it will be Fernando paired up with a very big name in the world of motorsports. So uh, you, you can go along and check it out and, and watch the, the Spanish two-time F1 champion uh, take on Lichtenberg uh, in his Toyota Gazoo Racing Hilux. James, it's been great. And what a great time that we had over in Namibia. I mean, the last time we spent a, a proper uh, period of time together was uh, last Dakar, which was at the beginning of the year. So it was a, a week over in Namibia. It's a, a place that we really, really enjoy going to. And uh, I think, Vold, it's the first time I met you there many, many years ago. Uh, Hannes, it's the first time I've spent with you over there. And we got to... Get together our famous card game once again. Contract Wist, Baldu. Yeah, absolutely. That probably is the highest of the highlights for me. I, I won my first Contract Wist game um, <laughs> since we started playing the game. And um, and it was also obviously lovely to have Raymond Abst along. I mean, it, it wouldn't be the same without him. So the four of us actually, yeah, we had a really good time. And the card game was my highlight. <laughs> Can I just say that there's this little thing called work that interferes with my concentration levels when I play this card game. So I'm either very good at it or very, very bad. So we need to figure out uh, to find a mean somewhere. You, you could not find more, four more antisocial people at a dinner table anywhere in Namibia. Every time we got to a table, while we're doing work, we hauled out the cards we played. Uh, we even sat at tables alongside other people, completely ignored them, so apologies to them. Uh, sometimes uh, we'd have people join us prior to cards, and you could see the absolute look of disappointment on our faces, realizing that we'd actually have to <laughs> converse with other members of the public and they're cutting into our card game time. But uh, we did manage to get a couple under the belt. Speaking of other people, I think a big thank you must go to Paul Lombard, a, a Namibia resident, who put on a fantastic show for us over in Namibia in terms of hosting the Toyota Gazoo racing team, uh, as well as uh, showing us uh, the sights and sounds of, of Namibia, Valdu. Yeah, and even recovering um, certain vehicles from dunes from time to time. Though we, we're not going into that. But yeah. He was absolutely brilliant, and, and he certainly knows his way around a dune in the Toyota FJ Cruiser, that's for sure. Yeah, he is a man after your own heart, Hannes. I, I could tell you guys uh, got on like a two-boot on fire. Yeah, it's a Namibian in the desert and the dune thing and so on, I think. I, I think uh, I'll probably meet up with him and have a, a drink in December when I go there for holiday. Yeah, Travel Enchanted is his company. So if uh, anyone's ever looking to, to make their way over to Namibia and uh, take on a bucket list experience, get hold of him. He does tailor-made tours, uh, no matter what the experience, uh, but he does certainly specialize in desert duning and deep sea fishing. A great guy. And uh, yeah, he was the absolute consummate host. But uh, more on that uh, closer to Dakar. Gents, it's been a pleasure as always. We'll catch up soon. And uh, yeah, enjoy Lichtenberg. Yeah, thank you very much. Thanks for having us on here again. It's lovely to be chatting. And um, and let's see how the story develops. Oh, yeah, I can't wait. Uh, Hannes, uh, you're getting ready for the daily podcast when we head over to Saudi Arabia. Absolutely, Derek. With you, uh, we don't have much of a choice, do we? No, you don't. <laughs> Sorry. Cheers, guys. I'll chat to you soon. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Inside the Game. Brought to you by Radar Media.